You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Gobbler Country Podcast Talking Turkey. I'm your host, Brian Manning. Joining me tonight is my co-host, as always, John Schneider. John, how are you this evening? Oh, a little tired, really busy at work, but uh, hey, I'm ready to go. And it's a beautiful evening in Blacksburg. We had thunderstorms running through, and then the thunderstorms ran away, and now it's all, you know, kind of partly cloudy. And, you know, I'm looking over the other side of the mountain from you. Not a lot going on in Hokie Nation outside of a lot of recruiting news, which we'll get to in a bit. Uh, obviously, the players, since the last time we spoke a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, the players have reported, well, not the entire team, I don't think, but many players reported. And the good news is no COVID-19 test came back positive. Yeah, that's really good. And now that they're in a controlled environment, we haven't gotten any here. There have been a few cases here and there, but it's over on the other side of the Blue Ridge. We seem to have, and down to Roanoke, where the, a couple of nursing homes got hit. But for the most part, we've been clean. Blacksburg's been clean. So I just crossed my fingers and hope for the best. Um, you know, we were just talking about it, but it's time to start contacting or contact, you know, the people over at the athletic department and the media folks. And, and so we're going to be trying to apply for credentials, but we have no idea whether or not we're going to end up with them. We're the little guys, and they might have to, they might by law or by regulation have to limit who gets what and where they are. I'm kind of hoping that because it's just you and me and because it's you in the booth and me on the sideline that, that they give us a break. I'm I just got my fingers crossed. It'd be really disappointing to miss out. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, uh, I think we're all looking forward to that game against Penn State in September. And even if we have that game, it sure isn't looking like we'll have a sold out Lane Stadium and that's not that that really stinks because that was gonna be a fun atmosphere that night. Well, I'm still hoping that we get break past the barriers and they drop some of this stuff and it goes to what phase five or phase twenty three or so that so that at least they can get students in enough students in to fill up the stands and and give the team some a real boost because this team really feeds off the crowd yeah it always has for sure so the reports back to work and and let's just talk kind of talk about what we're looking at at a team right now i mean what what do we have what do we think we're going to have we get two offensive lines and from the last thing that i saw filtering around was it looks like vance feist is going to do what vance feist always does which is he's going to have like split platoons 
where he's going to have like two guys in on the left and then two guys in on the right and mess around. I don't think he's going to be pushing people to different positions too often. I think they're going to probably do a little searching at center and guard between the existing guys. But I hear that the offensive line is going to be, but now I'm hearing they've got enough people on the defensive line that Hamilton is pushing to do more swapping and more squat, you know, but, but a friend of mine used to call it hockey line swapping it on the defensive line. So you get the fret, you get fresher players all the time on the defensive line. So they might have the depth to pull that off this year. Yeah, I think we, we were all expecting the last year we had those young guys come in and in the three interior spots. You had Brian Hudson at center, Doug Nestor, and Lasida Smith at guard. And they played pretty well. And, and of course, Hudson and Nestor were true freshmen last year. I think Lasidas is going his junior year this year, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. But then, now you got Brock Hoffman in the mix at center. He's almost assuredly going to start for the Hokies. So that leads to question what's going to happen with the guard spots with those other three battling out, all are worthy starters. But that is a wealth of, oh, you have now essentially five players between the tackles, tackle, tackle, guard, guard, center. You've got five players, two deep, that are all starters. So you literally can, you have to develop it. You have to, you have to be, there's different methodologies that I've learned about for how to develop kind of a taxi squad mentality about that, or a, or you know, like I said, a swapping hockey line where you get the A's and the B's, and you have you have the A side and the B side, and the C side and the D side, and the, the A's, A's and C's, and and uh, B's and D's are on you know on the same sides of the ball, and they swap back and forth, and the center swaps, and it keeps your players fresh. It also drives defenses as far as reads nuts. Because who do you block? This down, you might be blocking this guy. The next down, that guy isn't there. There's somebody else, and he's had a totally different set of techniques. So there's a strength in that. I was looking through some of the uh, preseason catalogs. That Those are always fun coming out, even though we may not have football this year. You get to look and see what the some of the media members think about your team, even though you we know more about the team than some of the people that write about it, the, the ones of us who – followed the team closely but I was finding it interesting where they had the Hokie as far as ACC ranks they had the linebackers in the in the secondary up in the top of the the league and the uh, receivers and the defensive line in the middle of the pack and the, I think the offensive line was around fifth if I, if I remember correctly at Athlon so it was interesting reading that get you hyped up for football a little bit and and, and see you kind of kind of see what everybody else thinks about what the Hokies have coming back, which I think there's a lot of a lot of returning talent on the team this year. Uh, in all of these preseason things, I'm seeing a lot of underbids on Hokie talent. I didn't see Hendon Hooker anywhere in any quarterback list. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, folks, Hendon Hooker, but not sorry for Hokie <sighs> Nation. I'm sorry for all these people out there that think they're analysts that think that somebody else is better than Hendon Hooker. Well, I can, promise you that, I can promise you that Hendon Hooker is better than Kenny Pickett, which I yeah. saw that somewhere today and kind of laughed at that one. <laughs> yeah, I almost fell out of the chair when I saw that. I said, oh, come on. Hendon is look at, way better than Kenny Pickett. I, I can see two guys 
obviously at the top of the at the, the league and Trevor Lawrence and Sam Howell. I don't know how anyone can really argue with those two as the first. Yeah. And De'Aaron King in Miami is another one there. I think he's going to make a big impact. But I, I think Hooker comes in right after those guys. Well, on the Miami thing, he's still got Miami around him, you know, and Miami's coach. So what Miami's in a complete open cipher this year. I, I blow me over with the feather if they're any good this year. Well, here's the thing about Miami, and we've learned this since I don't know since all the talent left in the mid 2000s, where those guys are gone. But every year Miami's hyped, and everybody's talking about the return of the U. It never happens. They have an overhyped quarterback who's replaced midway through the season, and I think King's the real deal. But I like our guy Hooker pretty good. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm fond of him because he's smart. Hendon Hooker is very physical. He's got the physical skills. But Hennon Hooker's got some gray matter between the ears, and he's got a lot of football knowledge up there besides just standard knowledge. And he's he's smart, and he's self-effacing, and he's kind of a humble kid, and he works his butt off. And that ends up showing up on the field. It always has, and it always will. So I think they're underrating Hendon Hooker by a tremendous amount. I think he's still probably maybe three or four in the ACC as far as quarterbacks. So that's just my opinion, but it's a pretty, pretty informed opinion. Well, no, um, no, shame, no shame in being behind Trevor Lawrence and Sam Howell because I think Sam Howell's a future top ten pick. But we know Trevor yeah. Lawrence is one of the best quarterbacks to come along in a, in a long time. So no yeah, shame Lawrence, in being behind those guys. Lawrence will be a number one draft pick, you know, or or at least a first round draft pick. He could have been the number one overall pick as a fresh after his freshman year if that were allowed, sadly. Yeah. Well, that kind of covers kind of what we're doing with the team. When we come back after the break, we're gonna cover the some of this recruiting stuff and talk about these commits and decommits and everything else that's going on. Tell people to calm down, be cool. It's, it's just one of those things that we're gonna have to start to learn to live with. So we'll be back in a minute. Hello, everybody, and welcome back from the commercial break. I'm back here with Brian. We covered a little bit about the team and some of the things that seem to be developing. If cross our fingers, we actually manage to have a real football season this year. Like I said, we're going to keep reporting on that. We're going to keep looking. But at this point, things are hopeful. The kids are in camp. Everybody's working hard. But you just never know, right? So, hey, Brian, let's talk about uh, the recruiting thing. We had a couple of couple of commits over the last couple of weeks for the cal- class of 21. And then we've had a decommit that there were a couple of decommits over the last couple of weeks that a lot of people got upset about. I'm not too sure I'm really upset about that. No, as far as the one that upsets us all as, as Hokie fans was uh, Demetrius Davis uh, back in early May and that's over with. It's gone. We, we've actually replaced him with Taj Bullock, a six foot four, 23 pound passer from Jersey City, New Jersey. And, I, and I've watched him a Bullock and I come away very impressed. He's not as polished as Davis. And I don't think he's not quite the athlete as Davis. Now, don't get me wrong. Davis isn't an athlete first. Davis was a passer first, but Bullock's very raw. But I think his ceiling can be higher because you're talking six foot four versus five eleven. The ceiling is much higher for Bullock, and but he's got to get reach to his potential. He's got a big arm; he can move really well. Smart kid. I'm happy with that commitment. He's ranked as a three star right now, which I guess will probably be right along with what I saw. I mean, 
it's going to be hard for a lot of guys to to see their ratings get a boost this year because we may or may not have football. And plus, these players throughout the spring and summer go to camps where they have a chance to improve their star rankings. That that hasn't happened. So a lot of these guys, the Hokies have picked up. You you could see some guys who could who normally would get a ratings bump and. Another guy I was excited about last week was from Sharando High School up there in Stephen City was Kelly Lawson, a six foot four, two hundred pound athlete who can play anywhere from defensive end, linebacker, safety when he gets to Virginia Tech. I think that's a kid that could blow up if there's a football season. I think he's pretty solid in this pledge as a Hokies, but you, you were touching on the decommitments and and you were talking Tyus Martin decommitted on Tuesday and you know, I, I'm not overly disappointed in that. I'm sure you'd like to keep him. He's a three-star prospect out of Arkansas. Was the number three-rated player in Arkansas, which just tells you there's no talent in that state. And his home state, Razorbacks, didn't even make him an offer. His only major offer at the time what he committed was Tennessee. So it was basically a two-way battle between Tennessee and Virginia Tech. And Tennessee's another program who you'll see a lot of decommitments from soon. That's another story, but really torn up about that. When Latrell Neville decommitted earlier in June, receivers are not hard to replace. This staff's proven they can recruit receivers, and, and, and they'll be fine there. Not not torn up about that one. So overall, but the, pro- the problem still is that our recruiting, we're still 13th in the ACC. That's ridiculous. It's got to get better. I do think this class will be better. In the end, I think it's going to surprise some people. We're, we're in the midst for some really good players over the next few weeks who are expected to make decisions, and that could give our recruiting a good bump. And there's, there's some really good players on the board, and you'll see a lot of decommitments all over the country because a lot of these kids have committed and haven't ever visited the campus that they've committed. And there's also the what have you done for me lately. You know, whoever offers, I'm going to drop where I committed back in a month ago, and I'm going to go here because this offer is cooler right now. So you're going to see a lot of action. This is going to be unlike anything we've ever seen as far as committing, decommitting, committing, decommitting again. It's going to be wild. Or commit, yeah, committing, coming back, going back out, not having whatever they thought was going to pan out, pan out, and coming back hat in hand, trying to get back in the door again. Uh, yeah, there's, I mean, and that's happened. That's going to happen. It's going to happen all over the place. It's going to happen with every school. Big problem with this d- the disease thing and all of the, the quarantines, lockdowns, whatever you want to call them, has been that these kids don't get to see, touch, and feel. They're, they're, they're going on, oh, TV, oh, video games, oh, uh, I talked to somebody who talked to somebody which, you know, talk to somebody who talk to somebody or talk to somebody, you know, some of that can be really, really good. I mean, you can get steered in the right direction. But when you're talking about um, all the buzz that goes on around these kids' heads, the kid from Sharando, I think is funny because Joshua, my son, Blue Lone Wolf, still occasionally contributes and, and did write for us for unrecruiting for a long time, played four years of football for Brentsville District High School. And Brentsville was in the Northwest District in Virginia, and every year we played Sharando. Every year we drove all the way out an hour and 20 minutes to Stephen City in Winchester to, to, to go play Sharando, and, or they drove out to play us, and it was the only team that was never affected by us opening the barn. So we were Cal Fi High, and everybody had to, was reminded of that at football games. 
So Sharando wasn't bothered by it because Sharando's in the middle of a couple of pastures itself. Um, and they've had a good football team. Sharando's had a good football team now for a few years. They, and they've had they, a good football team since uh, since Joshua was playing football and, and uh, back in in twenty oh eight, you know, twenty oh in in two thousand and seven. If if everyone will remember, Dylan Rivers, of course, came here three years ago as a four-star linebacker, originally committed to Penn State, and surprised everyone by backing out of his pledge and coming to Virginia Tech. And unfortunately, he won't be able to play as he's medically retired from football and won't be able to participate for his senior year. But he was a big get at the time that we, we got him. Yeah, he was a good kid. And, man, I tell you what, his health, he got hurt, I guess, is the middle of his sophomore year. I can't remember what the tweak was, but that it just never got better. It's, he he was, it, you know, we've had a couple of kids like that that were really good recruits that for whatever reason are now medically retired or just couldn't keep up because the, because they kept getting too injured all the time. I mean, juice is gone. He had to leave and, and Marshawn was, was one of those guys that you wanted that one last season because you knew he was about to light on fire, you know? Michael Cole is a guy that I always go back to. I think he he was probably around, I don't know the exact year. It's within 10 years ago. He was a safety from Cave Spring, and he was playing starting his sophomore year, and, and he was going to be a, a really special player. And I think a neck injury ended everything for him. And he had the size, athleticism. He was medically retired early in his career, and it was a shame. He's going to be a good player. Yeah, that, that happened to Jeremy Webb. I, I don't know if he'll ever catch somewhere else. With those Achilles tendons, he might have been better off just making sure his degree was finished and going on to coaching or something. Because I I know that injury from family people haven't had that injury, and it really never heals. It's always it's always going to be a worry. It's I you know I, I hope he does well. I really do. I wish him the best. But those chronic injuries, you know, they cripple a lot of guys that that maybe they should have thought about hanging it up. You know, at this point, we're looking at a fairly balanced team. It's not anything to write home to mommy about other than the guys on the team wanting their parents and their loved ones to show up at the games, along with all the screaming Hokey fans that can we can, are allowed to put in Lane Stadium. I think we need to just not be negative. I think everybody needs to smile, be positive, hope for the best about getting through we have, it's not an easy schedule. Sorry, guys, no schedule is easy. I think that kind of thinking is overrated. But we have a schedule that we, as a team, can turn on. You know, you, you understand what I mean by turn? We can make the turn. We can go from that struggling middle range couple of seasons that we were just out of people, out of experience, out of everything. And now we're getting everything firing on every cylinder and we've got a season and a schedule that this team looks like it can make that critical turn on. Hey, look, I don't want to over talk and I want to give you a, so you take us out. I know you got a couple of things to close out on. So I think we touched on the recruiting stuff and, and by the time we talk with you next here again, in the next week or two, we'll probably have another recruit or two in the boat, at least I'm hoping. And they're going to be really good players if we actually get them. But things are looking good right now. And something else I think we can look forward to here in the next several weeks, months, is some more guests that we'll have on the program, some recruits, and uh, maybe some some past Hokies that, that, that want to come on with us. And there's nothing better than talk about the past Hokies because we can actually talk about some of the 
great teams and not have to worry about what's going on on the current product right now. So that's always a fun look when we interview yeah. past Oki greats. Yeah, I'm looking forward to maybe getting a few guys in and talking to them. I get to talk them on talk to them on the sidelines, but I just you know never get a chance to get them on the uh, on the podcast. I'm hoping we can now. So that's it for this show. We will be back hopefully in maybe less than a week with some good news. If you all hang in there, and we'll start building up some momentum, and everybody think good thoughts and go Hokies. Yeah, hookies.